3: Yes, yes. Welcome in to Bloom Party 101 ESPN. I'm Tim McKernan, Action Jackson, with you for an hour. And uh, we welcome you to participate in the show. Jackson wants to hear from you. He said today's the day you wanted to hear from the people. Badly. I really want to hear from Okay, 65780 or leave a mic drop, 101 ESPN uh, app. That's how you can do it, Jackson. So now you're in. And that's all it takes. All right. So uh, participate in the fun and games. We are welcome to do so. Darren Pang will be participating in the fun and games in about 12 minutes. You, you've you been communicating with Panger throughout the course of the morning.
1: I have. Yep. Love talking to Panger. Great yeah, time. he's a fan of yours. I, I love that. I'm a fan of Panger's. Okay. I well, like all of our guests every week. Every We have a guest every day, and I like all of them. Yeah, we do. Jr. JR. Mondays.
3: Curbs, who I just saw in the hallway before
1: doing this program. Who said he's going to bring me on to the 101 uh, broadcast of the game so I can kind of learn while on the air about the sport of hockey, which I thought was a wonderful gesture.
3: I hope he does that after the Blues have Dropped given a up couple. a two-goal lead in the third period against the Blackhawks.
1: Now's the time we bring on this kid. <laughs> yeah, that, That's, would that would be something. And I
3: will be tuned in, and I will remotely access the text inbox <laughs> from... Most likely my basement, right. just to enjoy it. Uh, and uh, Panger on Wednesdays. Wednesdays, Dan McLaughlin Thursdays, Gabe DeArmond on Fridays. So there is the guest lineup here on Bloom Party 101 ESPN. So Darren Pang coming up here in about 12 minutes. Jackson, did you watch any of the playoff baseball yesterday?
1: Uh, I saw the video of Jordan Alvarez blasting the three-run walk-off in the Astros-Mariners game. I'm kind of The Mariners are kind of like... If I'm rooting for any team right now, it would be the Mariners. What about my
3: bet on the Padres? Why do you hate my money?
1: Uh, I do. I do want uh, the Padres to win because I don't like the Dodgers. But uh, I think uh, David Ortiz said yesterday that the the Dodgers are their daddies. So
3: is that right? Yeah. So I didn't like, for my wager purposes, that they had Clevenger out there. Sunshine. But I understand that there was no real. Another better option because they had to go with Darvish on Friday, so he would have been pitching on short rest. Snell on Saturday and Musgrove on uh, Sunday night against the Mets, the only series to go three games. I don't know if anybody's interested in the action. Now, you're going to have to give me some odds, but I still like the Padres to win that series. I still like the Padres to win that series. It's Padre season.
1: It is Padre season. It's
3: Padre season. What about the Braves losing? Are you believing in the Phillies now? The weakness for the Phillies, Jackson, was exposed yesterday. I can't believe who they have closing games out. I couldn't believe it against the Cardinals. And I go, oh, this guy, unless I'm missing something, this guy's juicy. And wasn't juicy for the Cardinals, but he was juicy for the Braves. They just couldn't complete the comeback. Zach Eflin is not a guy that I would want on the Cardinals to close out a game in the ninth
1: inning. Right. We know in St. Louis how important— Bullpen pitching is 06 in 2011. That was, could have, been 11 especially. It was like well, this MVP. past Friday wasn't a delight either. No, it was not. Yeah, you need bullpen pitching, and if you have gettable bullpen pitching, you can be exposed. So
3: the Phillies uh, have not lost in the postseason, and they have a 1-0 lead on the Braves. Uh, no uh, um, National League games today. Both American League games today. Both the Yankees and the Astros win last night. Harrison Bader with a home run. And now all of a sudden, Jackson regrets the trade.
1: Not at all. Oh! You can't be results-oriented on stuff like that. Like, Harrison Bader didn't play for most of the regular season after he was traded. And, yeah, it was great. I'm really glad to see that he's finding some success with the Yankees. And, if you know, that was a big home run last night. But, no, the trade, Montgomery's war in, like, the month and a half after he was traded was, like, 1.6 or something. You can't. No, that was the it was the right move.
3: I um I'm on board. I I, I share that. I thought maybe you would, uh, but you kind of think the same way that I do.
1: Well, and in that sense, it's like you can't you can't say like. And I get people saying like, I mean, geez, look at the outfield that started the playoffs. Like, you know, Harrison Bader actually would have been pretty nice. But at the same time, you couldn't have predicted that in August. And at the end of the day, like the reason the Cardinals won that crazy run in August into September, a big reason of that is
3: because of Jordan Montgomery. Hundred percent. Uh, the Cardinals may still have won the division without Montgomery, which is not necessarily an endorsement of the Cardinals which right. so much as it's an indictment of the National League Central in 2022. But the comfort level they had and the ability for the bullpen to start resting was because of Montgomery specifically in August. And it's not like he was terrible in September, he just was dominant right. in August. Uh, you are, your thoughts are welcome. 65780. Uh, Tim, I think I finally figured out this show. Uh, Yeah, I think we're celebrating, what, our 10-month anniversary this
1: month? Yeah, we are. It's fun. It's been a great 10 months.
3: Uh, You and Balloon Party are like a fine international coffee, bitter and bold, an acquired taste for sure. Thank God we have piddles to add some sweet, sweet creamer to the mix. Keep up the good work, boys. That's from the
1: 314. That's uh, that's a great analogy. We are kind of like a, an acquired taste, but once you get used to it, you're like, wow, I don't want anything else.
3: Now that I'm just drinking this delicious Tullamore Dew, mm-hmm. it's all I'm going to drink.
1: 100%. Why would you, why would you drink anything else? Don't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm. And, but is
3: this broken?
1: Uh, I think we started broken, so... If it's not more broken, don't fix it.
3: Uh, let's see. Check the schedule. The Braves do play today, as do the Dodgers. I thought that the National League was both off today. Is the American League was off today? I guess here. I'll I'm I,
1: I got to tell you. Yeah, the Dodgers play the Padres today. You can catch that camera right here on 101
3: ESPN. Oh. So is the American League that's off today? I thought it was American League it was a, they all play today? Hell, I don't know. I don't know. Well, that information is not available it's anyway. It's not. It's not. And so we will check overnight,
1: and we will be back
3: tomorrow. We will let you know who played.
1: We can just ask Danny Mac tomorrow.
3: <laughs> Dan, we had a discussion yesterday at about 10.09 as to what games were being played Wednesday. Uh, you don't happen to have that information at your disposal, do you? I, I'm now I'm pulling it up. on Friday's Game 1?
1: Yes. The AL is off today. The Mariners, Astros, and Guardians, Yankees. We'll play tomorrow. The Mariners and Astros have the
3: day game. Oh, good. I'm more interested in the uh, National
1: League anyway. The Guardians and Yankees have the night game tomorrow. No, oh, okay. There you go. Are you pulling for anybody outside of the Mariners? No. Well, at the Padres? Why do you hate my money? I mean, I'd like to see you make some money, but yeah, at, the end, the, day, right I mean, at the, the end of the day, half-ass comment. I mean, at the end of the day, half-ass comment. I'm not going to lose like a wink of sleep. <laughs> If the Padres get swept by the Dodgers. Honestly, (laughs) Honestly, I'm not either. Right, I would like honestly expect it. The Dodgers are really good. I've
3: run the numbers. The Padres are going to win the National League. I'm like, oh, plus 1,600 to win the National League, plus 2,800 to win the World Series. That's worth it to me. I'm the same asshat who put up X amount of dollars on Missouri
1: money line against Georgia. It would have been drinks on you if that would have hit. Ah, Yeah, I wonder if I would have talked about that if they would have won. You would have. I think you might have said it. I would you have said have, it to
3: you off the air. You would have
1: never said the vet like what you. Oh, put I still on
3: haven't it. said it. When I was doing the show with Salter the Fastlane, I said I'm not going to give the dollar figure. It's not right. that. Not that I ball so hard, university. Right. But still, I just know.
2: Yeah.
1: You don't talk. Yeah, you don't talk dollar amounts. I'm uh, uh, Talking you units. Yeah, I, I put units. two units on it. And if people start asking the size of your unit, you say that's personal. You doing double entendres, piddles? I think, I think I should just you're,
3: you're, like, looking in there like Ryder loved it, and I looked over there, and Ryder's not listening. He's so that's simply, exactly not, he's just simply not
1: listening. Yeah, and
3: you, like, thought you got that line off and did this little celebration dance, like a like a boxing champion from the Depression era. Yeah. And I look over at Ryder, and he's just like, yeah, can't wait for BK and Ferrario. Yeah,
1: when are these guys off again? Yeah,
3: what is this, are they brokering time? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, we'll break. Darren Pang is going to join us to talk it over blues opening up the season on saturday jackson cannot wait we will talk it over with him that is coming up in a matter of moments here this is balloon party on 101 espn
2: we're right back to the balloon party on the tim mckernan podcast presented by dobbs tire and auto centers on 101 espn it's time to talk blues hockey with darren pang holy jump and a save Refreshed
0: by Urban Chestnut Brewing Company and their Urban Underdog Lager. Roast.
3: Welcome back to Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you. And every Wednesday throughout the course of the blues season, it is our pleasure to welcome to this award-winning radio program, the great Darren
0: Pang. Panger, good morning. I have not received any awards <laughs> as of this particular point. Uh... I, I know it's, I know we're going to get there, though, big guy. I know we're going to get there. You. Two little guys on the radio. Two little guys with wool caps on the radio. <laughs> with huh? gumption. Don't we have gumption? Well, we got inner gumption. We don't just have gumption. you got to have inner gumption if you're a little guy. If you're trying to prove people wrong all the time. You've got to have more than just gumption. That's
3: right, it's Jackson. Gumption. Jackson gotta, looks down gotta on gotta me, gumption. I can tell. Oh. Not only because he went to Ladue High School, but because of the height situation. Exactly. And I'm tired of it, candidly. <laughs> I'm very tired. I understand you're in uh, Washington for the Bruins and Caps tonight?
0: I am in Washington right now. I'm, I'm I'm hunkering around the hallways up here watching the Bruins skate, and uh, boy, stayed in Georgetown last night. Beautiful night. Helicopters buzzing down low. Boats in the water, ready for hockey season. So I know the NHL opened last night on ESPN, and they had a good doubleheader. And then uh, tonight we open up on TNT uh, on our side of it, and we got uh, actually uh, Gretz and the entire uh, panel, the entire studio show, will be in uh, Colorado uh, for the second. Uh, game of the doubleheader, so it's going to be a big night of hockey again, and then finally we'll open up on Saturday at home against uh, Johnny Goudreau and and Columbus. Man, it seems like... The schedule at the beginning of the year, you know, doesn't exactly um, help the boys get their toes in the water.
3: No, not easing into it uh, at all. And, and, man, I'll tell you, first off, number second year uh, for TNT, I think people are really uh, enjoying the coverage that you guys have. Uh, there's a great chemistry there. Would you would you say that, that? I think it's become a fun watch for people. And I know they were trying to do what they've got going with the NBA show. And I think that's going on with the NHL coverage. What's, uh, what's it like over there? I would imagine people are pretty excited about it.
0: You know what Tim that's exactly what it is all about. Like I'll give you an example like when I when I did end up signing the deal uh, with TNT um, I was driving from our place in St. Louis to to Michigan for the summertime and and I get a FaceTime call from Charles Barkley. And, all, and Oh really? And, and he says, "Welcome to the team, little fella." <laughs> <laughs> and, you know and, and and it was that kind of, you know, that's that's the kind of camaraderie that they have. And I know no one's going to be Charles Barkley on the air. I mean, you know, but you can still create it. They created it in baseball. I watched their studio show uh, last night. I, you, you see Ernie Johnson hosting many shows. Now you see the hockey group. And I, I, I think, I think you know, when you're the only network and, and there's no competition, and that's what NBC had for, what, 13 or 14 years, Yeah, you know, then you do your thing and that's your thing. And, you know, but if you've got ESPN going, you've got TNT going, you've got all the good local uh, production, uh, you know, regional broadcast going i don't know it creates it just creates a a little bit more of a competitive atmosphere and you're watching what the other guys are doing and and i think that makes for better tv and i think that makes for better viewership for the fans they they get to decide now who they like and not who they don't like, but it, you know who they enjoy watching.
3: Sure, I, th- I I really do. I feel over the last uh, year and change with the uh, the changes to the hockey coverage that I think it's been a great thing for the game. I feel like ESPN is paying more attention to it now, not coincidentally since it's it's on their network and then the coverage that you guys have going on on TNT. And what a, what a way to start last night. I don't know how many people got a chance to watch it, but uh, what went on with uh, Vegas and uh, the Kings with the uh, festivities there and then you just got to see the uh, Rangers and, and Lightning as well so a strong start to the season on uh, night number one
0: yeah very 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 strong start and you know what I think too this is the first time that you know the players have gone through such a long preseason as well because they're you know since COVID um we, you know we've had stops we've had starts we've had delays we've had shortened seasons we've had no you know no preseason jump right into it and and now I think the players are quite frankly a little bit bored and they're ready to go and that's why I say this is tough for the Blues you know they've the good news is that they've been in Charleston. Um, they've had that team bonding, they've done some fun things. Now they're going to get home, they'll have a day off on Thursday, they'll practice on Friday, and then they're ready to go on Saturday. So they, they will really be chomping at the bit.
3: Well, this is going to be uh, intriguing to see, as you said, seeing Goudreau and the the Blue Jackets right out of the gate. How do you analyze where the Blues are coming out of camp? Certainly a different set of circumstances, I think, on the on the blue line than we thought going in with the injuries. What is your assessment of where the Blues are on uh, on defense heading into the season now?
0: You know, Tim, I think I still think they're pretty solid. You know, I, I think I think if you didn't appreciate what Justin Falk did last year and the year before, then you're not watching closely. Like, I, I thought last year, and when I looked at the Norris ballots at the end of the year, I, I was shocked that somebody out there didn't give him a, a couple of third-place votes or something. Like, he did everything for the team, you know? I mean, you're talking about the penalty kill, the power play, five-on-five, um, I, I think he's just such a heady player, and he and Falk. And then when Letty goes with Pareko, now you've got your matchup tandem. I mean, two big horses that can skate and defend against the other team's best lines. Like they, they, they'll be all over Line A. You know, that'll be the matchup: Line a and Goudreau, and who's going to be on the ice every time they're on the ice on, at home? It's, it's going to be Pareko, and it's going to be Letty. And I think when Pareko has a role like that, like he did in 2019 with Jay Bowmeister, I, I think he simplifies his game and he doesn't try to you know do too much. And then when he needs a little extra uh, maybe level of energy, you know, he's got it. So, I, I don't know. I, I, I like that tandem a lot. And, uh, and then you've got Big Mikula and Bortuzzo. And Bortuzzo is still one of the best penalty killers in the, league, in the game. and m- Just a fearless shot blocker and a guy that will do anything for the team. So, no, all in all, I like that, I like, I like that part of it. I, I think the only question marks we all had were, you know, is, um, is Brandon Saad going to be on that top line with O'Reilly and Cairo? Will Cairo detail-wise be able to keep up with Ryan O'Reilly? You know, you can't freelance it when, when you're with Ryan O'Reilly. you you got to you got stick to it, and you've got to have – that's another good word we're going to use this year, stick-to-itiveness. It's a you nice word. A gumption
3: a gumption you know? and stick-to-itiveness.
0: I mean, if you're going to skate fast one way towards the net, you've got to skate fast the other way to defend your own net. And I think that's going to be one thing we'll look for this year with – jordan tyro
3: that leads me right into it uh Panger. He, he had some visible struggles you know on the defensive side of the puck in the postseason now he's got the big contract usually reserved for a, a top six player in in your opinion in camp has he shown that he's made two-way play more of a priority where he can be trusted with more ice time or on the flip side is his offensive ability just so good that that will be his reason for earning top minutes this season would you still consider him a developing player
0: I, I still consider him a learning player, I, you know, uh, developing player. Um, I I haven't been overwhelmed by his preseason, um, but I thought it was getting better. Um, watching him in practice, watching his details, seeing how how fit he was, he led the team in I think every department, fitness wise. So I mean, that's that's a, a real big positive. So that you know, you're not sitting on your laurels right. in here and, and just yep. you know, you know, he's a good natural athlete, and a lot of guys would just kind of you know, come in here and just put on the boots and go, but uh, no, he, he's come to camp in great shape and the pressure is certainly going to be on him. But I, I think the number one thing for Jordan is, is to, uh, and I, uh, I know it, it, it's a, it's a, it's a man's professional game. That's what it is. And you got to act that way. Um, You've got to prepare that way. You got to show everybody that you're ready to play that way. And and that's one area that I think Robert Thomas has done a phenomenal job in, in especially the last year and a half, um, you know, coming to the rink, his preparation and everything is, is, is uh, real professional, whereas when he first started, it wasn't. It was like junior hockey, which is typical. But I think they're, they're both learning as they go along, and I would, I would clearly say that even though they're not making the money this year because they're still on that 2.8, um, you know, the pressure does come with and the responsibility with, with that much money. Hopefully both of them can, can handle it and just play their game.
3: Darren Pang with us here every Wednesday on 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan with you. You know, a lot of the text that I've gotten leading into the start of the season is about uh, backup goaltender Thomas Grice. And uh, and I, I think there are some, from fan's perspective, some questions about that because they really haven't gotten a chance to see him in a regular season game with the Blues yet. I want to ask you about this. How have your impressions about the goalie prospects changed at all, if at all, in this season? camp. For the first time in a few years, there's a real opportunity for the Blues goalie prospects to either put themselves in the conversation for the NHL backup next year, or unseat the current backup goalie if Grice struggles, or uh, if we see a replay of 2019, God forbid, enter the conversation uh, for this season. So, what have you seen, if anything, uh, from the prospects in net, Panger?
0: Well, I think Joel Hofer's, I mean, let's face it, I mean, he's, he's, he's becoming way more game ready i mean way more mature um he, he has something that very few have size he's he's you know he's almost six foot five he's he, he used to be 100 and i think he was 161 pounds just a like a string bean and and now he's become you know he's filled out he's a couple hundred pounds he looks that way in the net he looks strong he looks like he could handle a lot, a lot of games now the next step for him like every single one of us that have played goal, trying to get to the nhl is becoming an all-star in the American Hockey League. That's what you have to be. You have to be a first star, first, second, or third star almost every night. And and scouts have to go in there and go, man, did you guys see that Hofer last night? He's unbelievable. That's when you start, you know, that's when you start garnishing the headlines, and that's when you start being ready. Like, that's what happened to Ben Bishop. You know, the first year, prospect. Second year, not bad. Third year, oh, boy. Fourth year, stole games. I mean, own the American Hockey League. Fifth year, ready to go. Jake Allen, the same thing. Um, Jordan Binnington took a little bit of a different ride, um, but uh, but I think for Joel Hofer that's what that's where he's going to be. Uh, the Russian goaltender Zorikov that came over, um, they got him and his his wife. He's a young goaltender, but he's already married. He's kind of mature that way. I talked to Doug Armstrong about him, and he he thinks he thinks he's going to have a really good career. A hardworking, athletic guy. Maybe not fundamentally perfect just yet, but that's okay. Um, he just has good instincts. So it'll be interesting to see how he does. And then Colton Ellis is, is the guy that still has to find himself at the pro level. But um, when, I, when I move forward now, people that are worried about, about Thomas Grice, I, I think you've got to kind of stay, stay a little bit calm here. I think there's something that he brings to the table that's, that's really positive. I mean, his, he's a real likable guy. The players have great respect for him. If you've got a good defensive system like he had in the island a few years ago, then everything's going to be okay because he keeps things simple um, and, and he kind of calms things down back there.
3: Uh, Final question for you, and I think the one that the audience is is waiting to get your analysis on. This afternoon at Meadowbrook Country Club, balls in the air at 2 p.m. The five of us from TMA will take on Chris Nagel. I don't know if you're familiar. Uh, with his work. Uh, If if memory serves, you told us to not even bother showing up. Um, I played a practice round with him yesterday. He hits the ball a decent way. I think he might get it up over 250 here and there. Uh, We're playing from the tip 7,300 yards today. Panger, uh, any analysis? Would you like to maybe revise your, uh, your pick last week of just saying, don't bother showing up and go see Todd at the bar at the 19th hole? Well...
0: Well, he does get it to about 350, 360 if he wants to turn it up. Um, on Sunday on Sunday evening, I, I was at Meadowbrook with uh, with my uh, with my family, my two grandkids. Uh, my granddaughter wanted to go run on the green. I said, there's one person on the green at 8.30 at night or 8.15 at night. There's one person on the green. He's got strings. He's got apparatus. He's putting. And I said, there can only be one person that's practicing right now, and that's chris nagel and as he's draining 15 footers after 15 footers after 15 footers listen order the doubles Go have a go have a go have an urban chestnut. They've got it on tap there. Um, fire back a couple, and I mean fire back a couple. Get calm, <laughs> relax, put it on the box, and then and then shake his hand nicely, and maybe make a donation. I mean, the guy's been mucking, and grinding around trying to make a living. Make a donation. Every one of you guys should just give him five hundred bucks for the upcoming season, right. and then go enjoy and enjoy some chicken wings.
3: Okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, we I, th- I I think we're gonna have our, we're gonna have our hands full today, Pat. Panger, I'll be honest with you. After seeing the clinic uh, from Mr. Nagel,
0: yeah, you you are actually going to have your hands full. I've got the, I've definitely got the, uh, the Nagel on the winning side of this one here.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're not you're not alone on that. Uh, Pagger, thanks for the time and uh, enjoy the Caps and Bruins tonight, and of course the Blues and Blue Jackets uh, on Saturday here in St. Louis. We always appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much. I Appreciate it.
0: You have a great day, and good luck. Go warm up. You should you should start right about now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he is,
3: Darren Thanks, Pang, Ranger. with us here on 101 ESPN. Uh, always enjoy our conversations with him, especially as we are now on the threshold of the Blues 2022-2023 season. I was sent an email by a uh, listener of the program, Jackson, detailing the Cardinals' financial commitments for next year. And the outline basically says this, what are they going to do? I will detail what he sent me. This is from Fangraphs. And uh, talk this over with our audience coming up on the other side of the break. This is Balloon Party 101 ESPN.
2: We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
3: All right. As much as I want to hammer Jackson for the Draymond Green, is he playing today? Is he playing tomorrow? I have no idea. The update's confusing to me and irritating to you. And I know it. And I know it because I see the text. But Jackson, I don't have time to mess around with that because we got breaking news. Ooh. Devontae Adams has been charged uh, in the municipal court of Kansas City with misdemeanor assault.
1: Unbelievable. How about that? That's unbelievable.
3: Literally seconds ago. Oh, my God. Adam Schefter. Twitter tweets. Oh, my
1: God. That's shocking to me. Really is.
0: Really shocking.
3: this uh, This is the first time I've seen you rattled by something other than the air comfort service text line in here
1: and who the Rams played in the FC Championship. Boy, Um, I just, that's shocking to me. I mean, maybe don't run in front of a player as he's walking off the field after a massive comeback by the Chiefs. And, you know, he apologized a couple times. Um, But, yeah, I I don't know the guy who got pushed. I don't know the extent of his injuries. So I might not be, you know, right to say all this. But, yeah, I don't think, I think that's a, hey, he apologized, and uh, I understand his adrenaline was flying and maybe I should have been in a different spot.
3: A good friend of Kevin Demoff's Mike Florio on Pro Football Talk says, as Raiders receiver Devontae Adams waits to hear what the league will do regarding his postgame shove of an employee who made the mistake of crossing paths with Adams at a time when, A, he was frustrated, and, B, walking toward the locker room. Uh, The man, uh, as it turns out, was a freelance employee working for ESPN's Monday Night Football. Networks routinely hire local residents to assist With the game day operation to supplement the direct employees who go from stadium to stadium and city to city week after week, this gives ESPN a clear interest in ensuring that its employee, whether permanent or temporary, will be protected against such interactions while doing their jobs, although the network sometimes tread lightly when it comes to potential confrontations with the league the protection of the network's employees should be a priority. If ESPN is upset about the situation, ESPN isn't voicing its concerns publicly. Even if the network opts to steer clear of pointing a finger at Adams, the Raiders, or the league, ESPN should consider issuing a statement of support for its employee, even if it's something along the lines of, quote, our representative did nothing wrong. For its part, the NFL has bigger concerns. Having players knocking bystanders to the ground creates a real liability issues, and it's more than the actions of Devontae Adams. So that is from Pro Football Talk this morning, and just uh, reported by Adam Schefter that Devontae Adams has been charged in Kansas City with uh, misdemeanor assault. So there is that. That story will be developing. Also on the Twitter tweets, Mm -hmm. Adam Wainwright, within the last 20 minutes, going to Twitter to kind of apologize and also explain what happened at the end of the season. This is what he tweeted. Long-form tweet, too. Want to clear a few things up as I didn't pitch like I wanted to down the stretch and feel the need to explain. On August 28th, I was hit in the knee by a comebacker against Atlanta. Without knowing it, after that game, my stride length got shorter by almost a foot. Timing was thrown. That had never been a problem for me in the past. My stride length has always been very consistent because my timing was so badly off, my front arm started to try and create power by pulling. And when that happens, you just pull yourself off target. Front side pulling, back arching, head leaning, all new things for me that weren't normal fixes. It's why I want to be able to generate any... it's why I wasn't, I think is what he meant to say. Mm -hmm. It's why I wasn't able to generate any power with my arm. Fortunately, we got it fixed one adjustment at a time, but the season was over. Let me say this. It's my fault. I didn't stay diligent enough with my film work to catch it immediately. It wasn't something I had struggled with before. The zip and crispness to my stuff returned as soon as we locked in on the problem. What I was attributing to dead arm was an actual awful delivery. The end of the season should have been way different for me. And who knows what happens if I'm sharp down the stretch? I feel terrible about it. Y'all deserved better. My team deserved better. I owed an explanation. So there you go. Go Cardinals.
1: Wow. God, he's the greatest. Yeah. I mean, that I love stuff like that where, like, be like to get like into like the mechanics of it all because I, as a viewer of baseball, I just I kind of like knowing that stuff. It's cool to look for. Uh, but for him to come out and say that unprompted, like no one was asking for it. Yeah, just like shows you his character.
3: And accepting responsibility. People appreciate, I think, anyway. Oh, yeah. When when someone steps up, certainly not, you know, after like a bunch of people, dog avatars on Twitter (laughs) demanded, but on their own and say, yeah, I screwed up. Now, at the same time, I don't really view that as a laziness screw up, as he says he didn't uh, or wasn't as diligent as he should have been with his film work, and then he would have caught it sooner. He thought it was a dead arm. And so we were talking about Wainwright's situation as a dead arm. But as it turns out, he said his stride wasn't right, and then that reduced his uh, velocity. And that is why I think a lot of people, by the way, let's play this out and know what it means for 2023, go, man, he's done. It just happened to hit him in September. Terrible timing, considering you want him for the playoffs. And he really would have been, I believe, if you would have said on August 15th, if I would have done a Twitter poll on August 15th, Who's the game one starter for the Cardinals? I think Adam Wainwright wins comfortably. Yep, agreed. So it did change. Now, I, I think I, I don't even know if anybody's even mentioning, nor really should they, starting pitching for a reason why the Cardinals lost to the Phillies. I think people either cite the management of game one or go, yeah, the game one management was rough, but yeah. they didn't hit in either game, right? And that's why they are not in Atlanta right now. But if you want to play it out and what could have been, had it been a game three, sounds like Adam Wainwright had figured out what the issues were. Mm -hmm. And the guy we would have seen in game three, again, operating on the premise that it would have been Flaherty Wainwright or a Flaherty comes in instead of Palante in the ninth on Friday, would have been closer to the guy we saw in August than the one we saw in September. Right. So.
1: Agreed. And the, the, my brain immediately goes to like, now, what does this mean for the future for Adam Wainwright? Is he saying this so that he can kind of explain his way saying it? Or is he saying like, I have it fixed. I'm ready to go. And I, I don't think that that tweet was intended to be like an indication of the future, nor should I probably be. Deducing such no, things. No, I don't think, hey, it's, you know, I,
3: I understand your question. I think it's a reasonable question. Some people might not like you asking it in St. Louis, but I, I don't, you know, it's a reasonable question. Right. Yeah, that's what I wanted to turn it to in the future, because when I saw his post game comments following the loss on Saturday, uh, my takeaway from that was he's coming back. Right. Now, I'm not betting everything on it, but that was my takeaway from it. And now with him on his own tweeting this, right. I'll move more. Confidence toward him coming back. Yep. Um, now, I cert- I'm sure he would want to explain it anyway. This is a random Wednesday morning. It's not mm-hmm. like it's in the post-game press conference. Right. But um, I just think he's coming back. It's, that's the bottom line. And I think this shows, especially when you listen to that soundbite uh, of him saying, well, you can take it one of two ways. Uh, when he said, I didn't like not being in the rotation. Uh, that I'll never let that happen again um, because I won't be here again or I'll use it as motivation. Right. And I think he will use it as motivation. It's just who he is. Yeah. And if you would ask asked me two years ago if he'd still be pitching in 2023, I would have said absolutely not. So it's not like I've been right on this, but I think he will be back. I do think he will be back.
1: Yeah, I sure I'm hope saying
3: so. saying 100% no, but to my level of confidence, yes, I think he will be back.
1: Yeah, and taking this from like a more macro aspect of it like stuff like this where he's tweeting out like what went wrong and how he went to fix it combined with uh the thing that like, the 14 minute thing they did with him in the bullpen of him warming up like that is what I like that's what baseball like should be doing more of there should be more conversations and stuff like this where guys talk about mechanics they talk about their bullpens uh, they mic you up beforehand. Like I think that stuff really gets people into like the nuts. Like Avato did, right? Exactly. Like, know, I think that's like the, so good for baseball.
3: A hundred percent, man. Couldn't agree with you more. Adam Wainwright is great for baseball. He's great for St. Louis. If he's done, God bless. He is a Cardinal Hall of Famer all day long. And yep. if he would have been able to stay healthy more than he did, and it's not like he was an injury riddled case, mm-hmm. but he just had some years where he wasn't able to.
1: Right in his prime.
3: Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think he could have been. A Hall of Famer. I still think, I still think if he does choose to broadcast, he could wind up being one of the great baseball broadcasting color commentators in the history of the game, which I realize sounds hyperbolic, but that is what I think. I think he has that ability, and what he just did there is one of the reasons the natural, organic ability to talk to an audience in a way that they appreciate and they can understand. And seems genuine. Yep. And that is why he is so unique and such a great member of the St. Louis Cardinal and St. Louis sports community. Now, now that you've heard that from Wainwright, I deep tease the Cardinals' salary situation for 2023. We'll have that on the other side of the break for you and let you know how much is already committed and where the flexibility may lie. That is next on Balloon Party 101 ESPN.
2: We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
3: Yes, 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 yes. All right, we just read this uh, Adam Wainwright tweet, series of tweets, in which he explained what happened with his health in the month of September. Uh, And you can read that. On Twitter. Uh, and I was uh, deep teasing this, and because of the breaking news with Devonte Adams, and for those of you just joining us here on 101 ESPN, he has been charged in Kansas City with misdemeanor assault. Jackson's beside himself. And, uh, and then... Adam Wainwright uh, tweeted out an explanation that he was hit by a comebacker against the Braves in late August, and it threw off his stride, and that then impacted the way he pitched, and it wasn't a dead arm, it was because his stride was thrown off, and he apologized for not picking it up on video earlier, because then the whole world could have been different, and maybe the Cardinals would still be playing. So. What flexibility do the Cardinals have? Because some people are listening to say, hey, I love what Adam Wainwright had to say, but that's not just a message to the fans in St. Louis. That's also a message to other teams around baseball if the Cardinals don't choose to bring him back, which, for the record, I don't see happening. Right. But when you hear the dollars that are committed for 2023...
1: There's questions that have to be asked. Nolan
3: Arnado, $35 million. Now, of course... That's not a lock.
1: No, it could be more,
3: um, or it could be gone.
1: Yeah, that's true.
3: Paul Goldschmidt, twenty-six million. Jackson, do you know that math on the fly? What we're at? Sixty-one. Nice. Yes. That took a little longer than Horton Watkins would have liked. Adam Wainwright, free agent. Miles Michaelis, seventeen million. Do you know how much we now have?
1: Uh, I spaced out on one of them, so no, I can't do that for you.
3: 78 million.
1: Okay. I would have said that.
3: Do you see the disappointment on my face?
1: It's washed all over you. <laughs>
3: Thank you. Uh, Stephen Matz, you know, last year's big off-season acquisition, 10.5 million.
1: Uh, eight, uh, 88. Now we're at 88 million.
3: Nice. Uh, Yadier Molina will not be on the payroll. He was 10 million this year. Corey Dickerson's a free agent. Uh, Paul DeYoung currently do 9.1. We're going to call it nine. We're also going to call it zero, but we're really going (laughs) to probably call it four that the Cardinals will have to pay somebody. That's what I'm calling it. But for the purpose of the discussion, he's at 9 million. 97. Thank you. You're locked in now. Red hot. There's a guy named Drew Verhagen who the Cardinals
1: (laughs) have. What's 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 he taking home? 3 million. Oh boy! That ain't even hundred going to
3: play well. That's going to get people's dander up again. Yeah,
1: even even hundred.
3: If you thought the Draymond Green update was bad news, wait till you hear the Drew Verhagen salary Be for twenty twenty three. Back tomorrow.
1: Back tomorrow with the words.
3: So now we're at about a hundred, and then uh, then Gallego signed the extension, and now he's at five million dollars.
1: Buck five.
3: That is correct. Essentially, just shy of a bucko six. Now you have that So we're a hundred five. We'll call it hundred five for the yep. hell of it. That's what we'll do. Okay. Jordan Montgomery. Players eligible for arbitration. This is all per Fan Graphs and what the projection could be in twenty twenty four. He's a free agent, but next year ten point one. So we'll call it ten because we like easy math here.
1: Please, yeah. So one hundred fifteen million.
3: Nice, Flaherty. We'll call it five. One hundred twenty. All right, Alex Reyes, two point eight five. Let's call it three.
1: Okay, Buck uh, Buck eighteen. Chris
3: Stratton, three point five. Not sure he'll be part of the festivities. Buck 21. Uh, Jordan Hicks, 1.6.
1: 122.
3: Tyler O'Neill, 5.1. We'll call it 5. 127. Wouldn't be betting on him being a part of the organization next year, but nonetheless, this is what we got. Dakota Hudson, 2.7. We'll call it 3. Tommy Edmond, 4.3.
1: Buck 34.
3: Ryan Helsley, 2.4. Call it 135. Cabrera, 1. 1.2, and Kisner, 1. So about
1: 137, 138 million.
3: Uh, the number is to be exact. Now it depends on what you're subtracting, but that's about 40 million in possible arbitration and about 105 million in committed salaries. And that's before you even get to Adam Wainwright. Yeah. Boy. Or. Anybody who will be catching, playing shortstop, at least for the Cardinals, I think they'll be playing a shortstop. he will just be pe- playing for the Brewers. The Savannah Bananas, okay. And then I think they could use some help in the outfield. That's a matter of opinion. I know you are like, oh, nice, it's Newt Bar.
1: It's Newt season. <laughs> it is Newt season.
3: Um, so there is what you got, and that's before you even get to Adam Wainwright or anybody else who will be helping the offense.
1: Right. So you're you're you might shed not off that number, but you might not pay Wayne right if he's not returning. Well, I think
3: I think a big part of the number will be a DeYoung, O'Neill.
1: Yeah, those could come off the books. Right. Well, you I might would have to eat the young.
3: But uh Montgomery is back and by the way that does not include um, Jose Quintana.
1: Right. Boy, all right, well, there's that, that, a lot now, of I'm money. I'm not trying to tilt
3: anybody on a dreary Wednesday morning in mid-October when you're going to watch the team that you thought the Cardinals were two outs away from going up one nothing, playing the Braves up one nothing. But this is just mere data from fan graphs. And so then you sit there and go, oh, boy, if the Cardinals are going to stick around that 165-ish number, where is the room?
1: Yeah, and you have three glaring... Concern. Well, glaring holes now. Maybe not glaring, but catcher is certainly a glaring hole. Gotta fill that. Most definitely need an outfield bat. And you probably need a new shortstop, although that would, in my opinion, would be Well, the there could thicker. be some
3: mixing and matching if they went Gordon-Edmond. Right, right.
1: So th- the shortstop is definitely third on the priority list, but catcher and outfield, you gotta get somebody.
3: I would agree. Now, I still I listened to Mike Claiborne, he was on with uh, Randy Carricker and Kerry Davis on the opening drive. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big Claybs fan. Nobody well, Mount Rushmore of storytellers in St. Louis, Jackson, uh Klabes. Mike Shannon, Claiborne, Kelly Chase. Rich and, Gould. Can Rich Gould ooh, get on Rich the list? Gould. Nice
1: play. Yeah, like God, that's a play. nice
3: play. That's a nice Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Uh, and he was talking about next year, and he's like, a lot of people are talking about Wilson Contreras. That's great. You might not notice, but he played a lot of first base, and he isn't necessarily a catcher catcher anymore. Right. Right. He can play catcher on your fantasy baseball team, but he's not necessarily a catcher. He likes Sean Murphy in Oakland.
1: Yeah, he had a good year.
3: Uh, so I wonder if that's a direction the Cardinals would go. And he also thinks Jordan Walker has to be with the Cardinals, if not breaking camp by mid-May.
1: Yeah, that's I'm I'm probably more on the mid-May thing, but he has to. I mean, he eventually you have to. like You can't just be balling down there in minor leagues and not get a chance.
3: So that is where things stand financially for the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, heading into the off season again, that's without any dollars committed. To Adam Wainwright or Jose Quintana.
1: Yeah, so I
3: mean, so I think a lot of people, and I understand it. I don't blame it because I was in this camp as well. Go well, they're going to bring back Wainwright, Montgomery, Quintana, and then tend to mm-hmm. catch her shortstop in the outfield. And then if you do that, and you just insert whatever arbitrary numbers you want to get into, now you are probably in the one sixties.
1: Yeah. Yep. And then the, that number gets smaller and smaller each time you. You want Montgomery, you want Quintana, you want all these guys.
3: Now you're gonna subtract, yeah, because that includes O'Neill's five and DeYoung's nine, right? And I don't see, if, but maybe they do plan on having him back. I think my understanding is Rand, Rocky was telling me Randy thinks that they will have DeYoung back. I don't see it. I can't. I can't see it.
1: I can't. I. I wouldn't be pleased if. But they if did. Randy
3: Carrick or something says something, I take it seriously. 100%, you know what?
1: Hundred percent. Randy is another great storyteller.
3: But you didn't put him in your Mount Rushmore. I noticed.
1: Others receiving votes.
3: No, oh, he's others receiving votes.
1: Yeah, I'm too close to him. My guy. Uh, so there it
3: is, kind of an eye-opening thing. Tim, release DeYoung, Verhagen, and trade O'Neal. Uh, I think you'll probably get your wish on a couple of those if I had to, yeah. to get. The book ends. Uh, let's see. Uh, Cardinals can free up salary by trading DeYoung, O'Neill Hudson, and a minor leaguer for Mike Trout and sign Wilson Contreras. Jordan Walker with the Cardinals in 2023. There you go.
1: All right. Problem solved. Wrap that up. What else do we tend to back to
3: Draymond Green?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Boy, that was a hell of a punch.
3: Uh, All right. It is uh, time for us to shut it down. BK and Ferrario are coming up next. Jackson and I are going to go shock the world. We're going to shock Darren Pang. Yeah, he's going to. Yeah. yeah, he'll be he'll, on notice tonight. He'll but you're his But focused words. on Jim Montgomery and the Bruins going up against the Caps. That's fine. Here's a little text. <laughs> we shocked the world. <laughs> Nagel, you're on notice. <laughs> uh, BK and Ferrari are up next for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party 101 ESPN.
2: You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.